0: Good afternoon. Okay. Good afternoon. Do the intro. How's everybody? This is Warren Harper with the latest edition of Altitude Adjustment. Along with me are hosts Leon and Leonard. Today, we'd like to talk about a subject that came up during the election when some people were elected who happened to be Black people, and I shared the post, and someone mentioned that, well, you left someone out. And I said, who? And it happened to be a person of color. So the topic today is about people of color and how they fit into the um, conversation when it comes to Black people, or vice versa. How do Black people fit into the conversation of People of color is what I really should say, because I grew up knowing what colored was, and I didn't see anybody but black people when they referred to color. So, Leon, tell me what you were thinking when you uh, brought it to my attention that we uh, left Michelle Wu out. What what was the uh, on your mind there? So I had seen and
1: um, a lot of. I can say a lot of, but, and, and well, a lot of over the course of the last few years and stuff, a lot of times when, when people have, have achievements, uh, black people have achievements, they tend to forget that, that black people aren't the only people of color on in the, in the United States. And so, so my thought was um, that we would shine as much of a light on Michelle Wu as we did on, uh, the other candidates
0: that, you know, one went in office. I get that. I get that. And my only point there is not to exclude people of color, but just to point out the fact that when we're talking about black people, we're talking about black people and it's not to exclude anybody else. Uh, for example, we have a group and government called the black caucus i think they came to be back in the 70s and when you look at the change in things and climate social climate from then to now the question becomes why are they still the black caucus when everybody wants to talk about people of color so tell me what you think about that should should they be changed should they become the people of color caucus
1: so and i've i've talked I've talked with Leonard about this years ago. uh I think there was a mistake in the way black people responded. um yes, we were not included <clears throat> and then we started we followed in the same discriminatory separation policies as uh the people in power as whites uh we started smacking black onto things. And and I, I think um, our relationship with Hispanics and our relationships with um, Asians at the time, which is part of the discussion Leonard and I, and you had also. But anyway, what happened was rather than create organizations that included everybody, they did what white people did is they created organizations and they slack, slapped the black label on it to mm-hmm. raise blacks with without including that, you know, in, instead of enlisting other minorities, other marginalized people, instead of enlisting the group, um, we just started fighting for our own recognition.
0: And I think that there was a, a problem with that. Well, sure, I understand your point. The question is, how do we recognize in in the process of addressing issues that are related to black people for example how do we include other groups when we're looking at problems that don't specifically they're not involved in for example if you have a problem in your um, in your local ward in your local neighborhood where you live do you how do you include people that don't live there it's not to exclude them but you're specifically trying to focus on something in your environment and i think that's basically how we form our groups now does that mean as we expand we we can't include other groups i'm all for that but the challenge is how do we come together with other groups of people in the midst of the deep segregation that we live in in this country i think that's the big challenge
1: did you did you want to chime in there leonard
2: yeah what i was going to say was in general to warren's uh observations you got to say that that everything that was done was wrong what caucasian
1: as yes, we had some issues with we got to different machine that we're working with. And it seems that the connection went bad and with some, some issues that happened. So anyway, I'm sorry. Um, and I can't tell where we last left off. So you guys are going to have to,
0: uh, help me out there. Okay. Well, (laughs) good afternoon. Once again, everyone, this is Warren with Leon and Leonard and today no, we I mean, not, you don't have to go back that far. <laughs> what, <laughs>
1: that, what was the last thing we was discussing?
0: Okay. So you uh, asked yeah, me what a what question. Discussing, you, what? Incl- inclusion? Is that what the topic was? You well, well Leonard with? was
1: talking about Black Lives Matter. So Black Lives Matter okay. uh, right. had done some things this summer. And then what, what else were you saying?
2: Well, what what Warren was uh, mentioning was how do we include? Mm-hmm everybody yeah Uh, and i was just saying black lives matter showed you how to do it they talked about the black lives matter but other people you make you make room for other people that want to join your caucus who says that what you're fighting for is wrong and it's morally wrong no matter what color the people is no matter who's doing what it's wrong and so they joined that fight because if one of us is under oppression all of us are Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and when you show the power structure we're not going to accept you putting anyone under pressure and you know you can you 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 begin to release it for everybody and just what we talked about what was started the show talking about we was talking about Michelle Wu, who won the mayor of Boston Mm -hmm. when we were growing up we didn't asians weren't considered part of colored people right sure. and, and when they when they say colored people we were thinking blacks and hispanics and i and, and i say hispanics because with the negro baseball league the hispanics weren't going to the major leagues just like the blacks weren't going so the hispanics that played professional baseball in america had to play in them in the negro leagues as well mm-hmm.
1: So I, yeah, I, you mentioned the uh, one of the things that we talked about was the relationships that blacks and Asians seem to have, uh, in, when Asians kind of started becoming more um, visible uh, in mm-hmm. in the, in American society, and what we experienced was we felt that there were a lo- that many of the Asians. Um, incorporated themselves into the white community faster, and uh-huh. um, and they were less sympathetic to blacks and black issues, and that uh-huh. was our perception of, uh, of of them and and that thing. So, yeah, er- early on, there wasn't that. Um, there wasn't that. Uh, idea that Asians were a part of colored or uh, people of color. And so, uh, you know, I realized that we didn't see everything, but our perception was, um, you know, at least the, the perception of people of groups that I hung out with was that, is that Asians had separated themselves and didn't feel that they were equal to or are, uh,
0: related well to African-Americans. Or mm-hmm. could it be that some of them felt like they were more, they leaned more toward the white race than Native Americans because a lot of them are not dark skinned at all. And maybe they did not want to uh, be associated with the darker skinned people since we were dealing with such colorism in this country. You think that could have been an issue?
1: Well, so. Ooh. So in any, in any if, when, when you start to think about survival <clears throat> and uh, if the group in power is going to not bother you or get off your back or accept you, then you're, you're more likely to join that group and then their enemies become your enemies. I don't know what was in the mind of, uh, those Asians. Um, it just felt like, you know, and I mean, I don't want to beat up on the Asians. Um, you know, not every, every person on every group is going to look and think that the treatment that the blacks got was horrible. Um, while the the um, um, Irish came to the country uh, and they were getting beat up on, when they had a chance to beat up on blacks, they started beating up on blacks too.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> you know, Absolutely, when they had a chance to join the white power structure, yeah, we'll take it. And then we of became the, their enemy too.
0: So yeah, I so think I don't, most of the European... Uh, uh, migrants groups became white eventually. Right. And so... Irish, Italian. hmm uh, Exactly. Most of the Jews, a lot of the Jews pretty much lean toward white. I mean, at least when you see them, you see them as white. I don't know how the white people see them, because that's a whole nother subject because of the religious thing. So, yeah, it, it gets kind of complicated when we look at all the divisions we have. Right. And And that's... And so... And so I'm not trying to pick, pick on that group,
1: but, you know, when we look at our perceptions of, from our community, and I can't speak for everyone in our community. Um, I, th- there were very, there were very few Asians that I remember in high school from, from our high our school. Um, right. I don't, I, I think I experienced more uh, Asians when I went to college. Okay. But uh there was a few Italians. Um there were a few because U City was uh predominantly a Jewish community, uh uh-huh. I experienced the Jewish community on a much greater scale. And so and so I have better perceptions of, you know, what we experienced because our neighborhood, when, when we moved into it, we were the second black family in our neighborhood. Well, I'm sorry. We were the second black family in our block, the fourth in our, in our neighborhood. Okay. Um, and so there were, there were mostly Jews in the neighborhood um, when we moved in. And the, the interesting thing, and one thing that I just looked, I just looked back at and realized, when we moved in, the only house on the, our block that was available was a house next to a black family, next to the only black family in the block. And so after we moved in, you I remember, I can look back and remember how the slow migration of people outside out of our neighborhood was, and that any, only the people
0: moved into our neighborhood was black. It was black, you say? That is correct. Oh, yeah, well, I had the exact same uh experience, and I wasn't in u city, but I wasn't that far geographically from you at all, so i I can relate you know mm-hmm. did
1: how how did yeah, you but, experience our our neighborhood Leonard when you were you kind of st- go ahead, give I, us your impression
2: i was when you were talking about what you experienced, I was still i was barely. I was still a baby. I was barely out of diapers, so I don't have those recollections. By the time I came through U-City, we had quite a bit of Asians in the high school. What I liked about U-City, it was predom- it had a mixture of races.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It was predominantly black. The Jews, a lot of the Jews had pretty much left the public school in U-City, but it was quite a few people there. And i had blacks whites hispanics asians and u city was a great melting pot mixture community Mm -hmm. uh that's what i remember of it and i just remember that's when by the time i got in the high school the desegregation uh case in st louis was going on and they had all of these different school districts down there in court, the superintendent, and I remember the superintendent of City schools at the time had told the judge, because the judge had mentioned, well, why aren't City stepping up? She, The superintendent said, you show me a school district in St. Louis City or St. Louis County that's as racially mixed as our district, and she said, I'll pay whatever fine you want.
1: So so, whatever
2: you tell me, because our community, because the community had all of these mixes of people, not to mention on top of that- So did we we answer your
1: question, Warren?
2: Did we answer your question? Yeah.
0: Well, no, I mean, I'm I'm just saying, I didn't experience uh, growing up in St. Louis in school. I didn't experience much diversity of race at all. And I, I agree with you when you said you experienced or you noticed the uh, white flight from uh, the neighborhood. So I am not um, familiar with diversity. My personal experience in the school, school system had no diversity, basically. So, you know, the said came about by the time I was coming out. Mm-hmm. And I understand why okay I, now where i remember oh I'm go sorry. ahead no go
2: ahead now where i remember experiencing what warren was talking about the white flight when we moved up in north st louis my our mother and our stepfather bought the house in north st louis there was still quite a few caucasians living in that neighborhood and mm-hmm. then we got to see from the first three years we were there the phenomenon of what we call white flight and that's the warner park neighborhood in North St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And I got to see that and experience that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so you I experienced it in U City and you experienced it uh in the city in the city proper of St. Louis. Yes. But that was yes. on the edge of that was on the edge of Jennings. So we were on the we were we were like a couple of blocks from Jennings. Right. And that was before that was before that, that area became mostly uh black.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, and there's so yeah, so we've ex- we've experienced those things, you know, at an age where it it made you know we were able to recognize what was going on. We didn't recognize it at the time, because at the time you get people moving <clears throat> moving in and out of the neighborhoods, that's just it just happened, and you don't stop and uh-huh. think, you know, at twelve, ten, twelve years old or fifteen years old, is that a white family moving in or is that a black family moving in? But now that we can look back. We see those yeah. things, and so so when so, to kind of connect that to when you started out uh with Michelle Wu, mm-hmm.
0: um
1: my thing is is that and and one of the I, I don't know if I'm gonna phrase this properly, is the enemy of my enemy, my friend, because the one of the things that you talked about when when I said, Michelle Wu, you said, well, she may not, uh, uh, put forth uh, policies that specifically help the black community. And one of the things that I said was, mm-hmm. I don't care if all of her policies, as long as she's not hurting the black community and not forwarding, uh, uh policies that, disc- that op- oppress anybody, if she's fighting oppression, Sure. She doesn't have to put forward policies specifically targeted to benefiting blacks for me because she's eliminating oppression. And that is a common enemy. And so I didn't feel like I don't feel like she has to put forth black centric policies in order for me to appreciate that she is a worthwhile candidate to support.
0: Correct. Because I understand that, but, you know, support her as far as uh, making a post on social media, because if you're not in their district, you can't vote for them. If you don't know people in their district, you can't really talk to them and say, hey, uh, you should vote for this candidate or, you know, how you you have no connection. And also uh, this was this came up. Let's say you knew some people that uh, may have may li- live in our district or you knew some people that moved to their district and suddenly black people started to come show up in this district. And all of a sudden you see some Asian flight or you're getting some resistance with how would that affect your uh, opinion of um uh, the whole situation. Do you want to start with that line?
2: Yeah, I'll start. <clears throat> I mean <clears throat> I look at it as okay. I'm I'm a, I agree with me on there. She doesn't have to necessarily put down black centric policies, just mm-hmm. not hurting that community. Boston is a city that has always had a black community, but the previous mayors for the most part have done things to hurt that community. And members of the not of the black community have tried to hurt that community. Uh just like anything else, when I look at a politician, no matter what district are they from, how did they mingle? How did they mix? How did whether or not they were parts of their community they helped, or parts of the community they went against? And 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 put in policies that hurt that community so if you know i look at parts of her community that she went intentionally tried to hurt that would affect my thought of her and my opinion of her just like it would any other politician okay so even if it's a black politician and they got together with people that accepted them as long as they were willing to hurt the black community, I that would have a negative effect of my thought of that politician. And I can think of a few black people who ran for political office, the whole political office that I have I don't have the most positive thing about.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: so when I when I look at and I form my opinion, it is not about race, it's about okay, what they did. Like I wasn't 100% a hundred percent in step with Obama, but when Obama was running against McCain, Obama agreed with me a lot more politically than McCain did. Sure. For example. For example.
1: <laughs> so your, your, your question talked about, um, uh, Asian flight. So if, if age is, if, if her district or some district that she represented and that, that black people started moving into her district, and her district had a um, an Asian population that started moving out. What? How would I feel? Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, so. Okay. So that's a it's a good question, and I think it's um, I think it's it's tough to to deal with but I'm, I'm going to do the best I can here. Asians don't have to like us. They don't have to like us. They don't have to want to live with us. I don't, I think that people should be allowed to move into a neighborhood that they like. So if they want to, if they want to live in an all Asian neighborhood, if they want to live in an all white neighborhood, if they want to live in an all black neighborhood, as long as they're not keeping people from buying a house in that neighborhood that they don't like, I don't uh-huh. care what neighborhood you want to live in. It's entirely up to you. If you only want all your neighbors to be of your a particular race, you don't want to live around uh, Asians, or I mean, Muslims, or you don't want to live around gays. You have that right to move out and buy a house in a neighborhood that you like. What the problem is is that people were keeping other people from living in neighborhoods they wanted to live in. So if I could afford a house in a neighborhood and I wanted to move into that neighborhood, there were people in the neighborhood who might want to keep me out of that neighborhood. And that's where the Mm -hmm. problem comes in. As long as you're not, if you want to run, run, that's entirely up to you. I I have Mm -hmm. no problem with you running. No, you buy as many houses as you want, move as many times as you want the problem comes in is when you try to use influence to keep other people from moving. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And so that's the only issue I would have with that. You know, it it doesn't, it doesn't change, you know, if somebody doesn't want you around them and you move into that neighborhood, just don't expect that they're going to be friendly to you. And, and, and I understand that, Mm -hmm. but I, I, you know, as far as, as far as, you know, people moving out, flight because someone else that's, that's entirely up to you. If you don't want to stay and fight for your neighborhood, you know, I mean, you, you, you catch more bees with honey. So if somebody moved into your neighborhood that you didn't like, you know, you could spend more time getting to know that person and maybe you'll find you have more in common than you realize. Cause the fact that the person wanted to move into your neighborhood in the first place says they're willing to accept you.
0: Right. And then if if certain people decide to move out, that means that they're not willing to accept you. Based on you moving in. Right. And as long as it goes ways. Well, I obviously
2: I misunderstood your question, but based upon (laughs) my understanding now, I can't blame Michelle Wu, for example, and say. Well, you're the one that's responsible for Asian flight out of a neighborhood unless she yeah. put forth policies that fostered that. Now, if there was just a bunch of Asians that said, we don't want to be around Blacks or Hispanics or whoever, and when these people moved in, they started moving. You can't blame Michelle Wu for that.
0: No, no. It okay. has nothing to do with her per se. Right. Yeah.
2: I was I was just using her as an example, like I was looking at I was looking at uh, internet this past week, and they were talking about how back in the 40s and 50s, when they were building certain highways and bridges in New York, they were running it through black neighborhoods so they could break up black neighborhoods and Hispanic neighborhoods. Uh, this one bridge, the guy said, make the bridge so low. So that buses couldn't come under it because he didn't want the Hispanics and blacks going to this certain beach that was up there. <laughs> and 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 so I'm like Leon, as long as people are not doing that, I'm okay with it. it. You know, who am I to tell somebody, well, you don't want to be in this neighborhood anymore? You know, you shouldn't be able to move. If you don't want to be around those people, by all means, you got the finances, to move out, move. <laughs> you know
0: sure sure and i'm i'm all for politicians and community um presidents of different ethnic groups different racial groups coming together definitely and i think the, the thing that's going to make a difference is if we're looking at the politicians if the people in the community of these different groups aren't relating to one another. I think it's gonna be more difficult for the politicians to uh, form a, a bond and and work together because the communities are divided and separated. So someone has to make that effort to bring the both groups together so that they can have a common bond and be able to identify with each other more and And then, maybe eventually, uh, people will start putting them together. Maybe the next time an Asian person wins, someone will say, "Hey, you know, they're with us. I can identify with them." But at this point in time, I don't think the the communities have a bond so that they can identify with different ethnic groups, so where? Well, uh, I- let me
1: go on this first on this one, Leonard.
2: Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: So I, I think you're right. If you don't have a common enemy uh, and you don't have a common, you know, if you don't have commonalities
3: uh-huh.
1: other than the fact that we, we all walk up to right on two legs, then, right. then yeah, you're not going to find bonds. But the one thing that that so most of these communities can say that they've experienced is some form of oppression my concern with um with blacks just pointing out the successes of blacks is we're doing exactly what we're complaining about we're limiting and isolating other groups and putting our group first because of our skin color i say and one of my things i say is you cannot defeat the beast by becoming the beast. So if we become oppressive, if we become, um, exclusionary, so by, by slapping a label on the black caucus, Mm -hmm. it may not have been an attempt to be exclusionary, but why would an Asian person say, I'm going to join the black caucus because the whole concept of the black caucus was to fight for black issues. It doesn't say I'm going to fight for Asian issues or I'm going to fight for Latino or Hispanic issues, or I'm going to fight for gay rights. It says black caucus and we're fighting mainly for black issues. That then becomes, we are the beast. Now what makes us better to serve, to, to lead if we're doing the exact same thing that we are trying to get rid of from the people that are, Creating problems for us in the first place
0: Um, Yeah, excellent point So in that Line of thinking Should the Black Caucus Wake up and say, hey, you know We're leaving the other Groups out How do they In turn reach out to the other Groups and Which ones do they reach out to And how do they readdress uh, their mission? Do they become people of color? Is that the term that they unite under, or what? What's the common bond then?
1: I don't. I don't. Did, uh, on that last question, do you remember what your response was going to be, Leonard? I'm going to. Do you remember uh, the last what question? I was gonna, yeah. Okay, so yeah. go ahead. What I
2: was going to. What I was going to say to one was, you know, he mentioned politicians are reaching out. Politicians, in general. Their number one goal is to get reelected to an office. That's true. And they're going to fight for it if there's two ways you get a politician's attention. You show that you can get more people to vote against them and and, and threaten them getting back in that office. Or you show you can raise a lot of money and you can spend this money and influence against them getting back into that office. So with politicians, you got to show them votes, and you got to show them money. That's that's just the reality. That's the reality of that.
1: Well, one of the things I wanted to to also talk about because, um, one of the issues, kind of the side side connected issue, to what you're talking about, Warren, as far as you know, politicians. Mm-hmm. So they they draw these districts, and we know that they use this, uh, what do what they call it? What's the gerrymandering, gerrymandering, um, yeah. to create these districts because that gerrymandering becomes effective because the system and power has the ability to, to funnel people into neighborhoods. So if you've got more mixed neighborhoods, gerrymandering becomes obsolete unless you yes. can unless you can draw a map around each house in a block so if you if you have to take the neighborhood as a whole and the neighborhood is mixed you can't gerrymander houses in the block but the problem is that the 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 system is set up so that you can show houses in a certain neighborhood to certain people to ensure that neighborhoods become um, homogenous, is
2: that, is that mm. the term? Homogenous.
1: So that it becomes a, that one group, so that you have Asian communities, so that you have black communities, so that you have Hispanic communities, so that you have Irish communities. So so, so, you know, if we can eliminate those systems or, or redesign those systems so that they can't create that dynamic, part of the problem goes away.
0: Well, what about the idea that some people already know where they want to be and they'll seek out that area based on what? they perceive to be a good area uh and we that's gonna determine a lot too not just people being steered as they say or guided people are gonna make their own choices at the same time you know when they can yeah i
1: okay so so here's my thought and if there is not an oppressive system so if all of the resources so the idea is right now all of the resources are going to one community and not to another community okay so so private schools are popular in white communities because they have the resources to pay for them exactly so if the communities if the resources are spread more evenly Okay. If the resources are spread more evenly, let's say uh, you know if, if black communities wanted private schools and, and the the whole idea of the schooling is another issue we've covered previously. so if 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 communities have equal access to resources and uh, power, mm-hmm. and they create a community, like them, as long as they're not oppressing other people, what is the problem?
0: Well, I think the main thing is that the uh, resources are are fairly uh, even or equal, and that's very hard to uh, achieve, getting the resources spread out to where uh, you don't have like a you know, Ladue district versus a North City district when you look at uh, the uh, dollars that they have to uh, put into the programs and the schools.
1: Did you want to try to uh, your hand at that question, Leonard?
2: Well, you're going to, well, just just to say, you know, choose the Ladue district versus North City, for example. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Ladue district is going to be way ahead because Ledoux, with the people and with the professions, you're going to have a lot more money to put a lot more resources into your district than anywhere in North City. You don't have the amount of doctors and lawyers that make North City its home as opposed to Ledoux. I mean, so there are going to be some differences anyway. Now, what I disagree with When they did all of this uh, uh, voluntary desegregation, whatever, after you move students out and you put them in all these county districts, what did you do with the students that were left? And you had the district that you say was inferior and you kept it inferior. So the students that were left in that district had no chance to overcome. You gotta give everybody the same chance to overcome.
3: Exactly.
2: So I'm I'm other I'm out of thought when you got an inferior school district, you look at the problems and you fix them. And the St. Louis and the school districts and the state of Missouri's attempts at fixing the city schools fell flat. My, my so far it my, flat.
1: My thought was if the resources would have been in those school districts, then the deseg would not, would not have necessarily happened because people would not, if they feel that their kids is getting the best education right where they are, they're going to stay. Yeah. But what was happening was, is, um, the richer districts was robbing the poorer districts
3: mm-hmm.
1: and the, um, And the businesses that were going in there were not uh, people who were from those communities. They were going in, pulling out all of the resources and leaving the district, uh, the housing, the streets, everything was suffering because they, the people living in those neighborhoods didn't have power. They didn't control anything and they weren't given access to that. And anytime that they got power, something would happen, some kind of massacre, some kind of political shenanigans that would always rob any wealth of those communities so that they could not take care of themselves as well as the other communities were. So there's always an attempt to pull all of the wealth out of marginalized communities. And put it into the the more expensive, the more lucrative lucrative communities, and so that's and so my my thought is, if we can find a way to uh, to make sure that everybody shares in the wealth, make sure that everybody has a good community. Um, I don't think you're going to have a problem with uh, 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 people connecting across racial lines because they're all on the same level. So if, 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 so then green becomes the issue. If you're on my level economically, then, you know, if your community is on the same economic level as my economic community, because like black doctors Mm -hmm. move into white neighborhoods all the time. Yes. Right.
3: Yes.
1: So, so I, I'm thinking, you know, as, if, if, if the economics, if we solve the economics problem, part of the racial problem is going to, to abate itself. Are there going to be people that yeah. don't want to be around black people um, for one reason or another? Absolutely. Absolutely. Are there black people that don't want to be around other black people? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but, but then it doesn't become about oppressing the other person. And that's where the problem has come in. It is not about not wanting to be around somebody. It's about um, pushing the person under thumb and taking from them and not giving them a chance to fight for themselves. That is the issue That is, I think is the core issue. There are other issues, but I think that's the core issue.
2: Well, just like the last, you know, the comments you made, Leon, then I think about our, original issue of the show uh you know asian pacific islanders so they had their organization A A I P, asian american pacific islanders about how they've been getting attacked last year and mm-hmm. this year physically mm-hmm. attacked and the, the boy in uh mm-hmm. the man in georgia who went to a massage parlor shot up some people mm-hmm. and you know that police captain went oh he was having a bad day you know how many times have you and i had a bad day but we didn't go pull our gun to shooting people <laughs> and and uh you know they're under i believe now there's some understanding of what blacks in this society have gone through and have continued to go through and you know it's it's uh you know because they had to share they had to have some bloodshed or like you know Leon what you always say there was some skin in the game when they were marching and you know and I I didn't want to see that like the one of the women that was shouting that massage partner in in Georgia she had two or three kids that are going to miss her now because this guy decided that he was having a bad day and he couldn't control his desire for porn, so he go takes it out by going into a massage parlor run by Asians, working by Asians, and killing some folks. And so they're under they're understanding what it means to have their own organization and try to lobby Congress to get some legislation so that they're not just totally victims. And when people cross the legal line against them, those people are punished.
1: So for, so for me, you know, um, when, when all of the, when I say all of that, as I've seen Asian Americans attacked, um, I speak out because, um, because no one should get attacked for no reason for not doing, you know, right. for just, just because but, they look different. You don't get to, you don't get to continue to build your power structure by uh putting other people under thumb who don't look like you. And that's what I saw was happening. And I believe that those that that everybody should have a right to participate in the system uh because they all, you know, the the Asians helped build the railroads. There was black people and Asians out there, you know, pounding them rails. And so mm-hmm. and so there is much a part of America as anybody and you don't get to you don't get to beat up or harass them because you don't like because because you're losing power because right because your numbers are dwindling and you will become a minority you should have thought about that and made friends but you didn't (laughs) you didn't make friends your way of 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 Addressing the situation is uh, killing folks and, tr- and trying to be terrorists, making people afraid. Instead of trying to build a better America, you try to build your own America. And so, you know, I, I encourage... The reason I think people of color is including anyone that is marginalized. And I don't, um, if you look at the graphic that I created for the show, um, uh, Sarah McBride is on there. Sarah McBride is the first trans, uh, elected official government official in Congress. So while Sarah McBride is white, Sarah McBride is marginalized. And then we can get into all of this intersectionalities. But, mm-hmm. but I'm not for trans, gay, LGBTQ being any more uh, marginalized than blacks. So mm-hmm. So for me, that is my bond, that they're human first. And second, mm-hmm. that they're being marginalized. That mm-hmm. they're being denied equal access to the, the America that I have helped build.
3: Right.
2: It was just like Keith Ellison, who is now the attorney general for the state of Minnesota. But before he did that, he served two terms in Congress as a representative. He was the first, he was the first uh, uh, Islam a person of islam religion openly islam to be elected to congress and you know it was again that's another one that we want to marginalize and and, you know that we want that's another one we want to marginalize based on religion we in america we always we there's a lot of great in this country there's a lot of good, but we're always looking to marginalize, to discriminate somebody based on something. Based on whether they're male or female, based on their racial career, based on the kind of life they lead, based on what religion they are. We're always looking for some way to marginalize somebody or show a hatred against somebody based on something. And like you said, the, the first thing is we're all human. Mm-hmm. So that that needs to be the first thing. We're part of the human race. The second thing we all got, we all got a, uh, we all have issues: who we love, how we live, and what have you. And if we allow ourselves, there are more things in common than more things that we have that separate us.
0: Well, that's true. But it's kind of like human nature to focus on some of those negative things like things that do separate us i think people are just in general gravitate toward that rather than looking at the big picture
2: right and like you know that's the conversation leon and i leon and i have had for years when Mm -hmm. people get past their base instincts and as humans that's what makes us different from the animal We have a capacity to think and say that's not it when we don't do it we we have to make a choice not to do it right we have to we have to make a choice to practice hatred or not to practice hatred
3: Mm -hmm. Right.
2: and so, so we make that choice so you look at like what i what i mentioned a few a few moments ago when you look at the attacks that Asian Americans have had to suffer here recently. When you look at the long history of physical attacks that blacks have had to endure in this country, the people that did those attacks, there came a point that they made in a, a choice to do that intentionally. That wasn't just by accident, they did it intentionally for whatever reason.
0: So, you made a good point when you pointed out the um, issues with that asian Americans suffer that the issues that white people suffer in in our group so why is it that you why would you think that we aren't uh more likely to form a bond with each other why 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 is there this distance that we don't seem to come together. Well, so, can I, can my I start way in that one? Is, oh, go ahead,
2: Leon, go ahead.
0: So, um,
1: there are a lot of reasons why, uh, people don't get along with one another. A lot of reasons, uh-huh. but one of the things that has happened in America is divide and conquer. And that has been a part of the development of our society. Uh So there's in order for some people to keep power, they have to find, and that was a part of what happened during slavery was they told, uh, white people who were not landowners, if you help us maintain our power structure, then we will put you above the slave, in our society, in our class society. It wasn't as direct as that, but white people that helped bring black bring, bring back escaped slaves or white people who helped uh, implement laws, uh, racial bias laws were given preferential treatment because while they were poor, just like the black people, because they were white, they believed that they had um, greater access to resources that black people couldn't have. And Mm -hmm. so that kind of, um, that kind of barriers between people has existed. Understanding how, how large groups work And we had a discussion yesterday about, uh, uh, people not hearing facts. Once you get rolling with a, an idea, you don't have to continue to reinforce the idea. It it's self-reinforcing because people don't, um, constantly adjust their thinking. They usually, accept the way things go as far as the group is concerned. So those borders between groups exist because we, we don't constantly re examine those. And it doesn't help when a marginalized group like blacks create groups like the black caucus, like the black, this or the black, that it continues to reinforce those borders in an attempt to try to lift one group out of marginalization.
0: I'm doing. Yeah, well, blacks aren't the only ones that created groups, though, are they? Exactly. That's my point. That's my point exactly. You've got you've got
1: the Latin the Latinx caucus, or the, the mm-hmm. Hispanic caucus. Mm-hmm. It's all the same thing. It, it's right. it's no more right for them than it is for us, right? You know, you if you want to if you want to be considered friendly, you have to show yourself as friendly. You can't name your group the Black Hawkers and show yourself as friendly.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You just it just it doesn't work that way. Don't do what the other guy did. Don't create a group that specifically targets one section of society, create a group that does what they didn't do. So instead Mm -hmm. of what blacks, instead of blacks creating black specific groups, they should have created, whereas instead of the black caucus, the um, everybody caucus, or just don't create a caucus, just invite Mm -hmm. everybody to come in, make your case for laws that need to be made, and then Mm -hmm. get more people behind that, Ideology, but that's not what happened. Right. It became black centric because they saw themselves as we need help, and we can't. We need to help ourselves, and that's not right. how, and 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 the that's not how society works. We all need to help each other. Every group needs help. Every group we need to help as Black Americans. We need to help LGBTQ. We need to help Hispanics. We need to help. Asians because we build in a team. We're building a society that functions for everybody. And we can't see ourselves as, well, we have to protect ourselves. The strong have to protect the weak. So Uh if there are marginalized groups in our society and we have some power, it is incumbent upon us to present
0: that power.
1: For the, for the demarginalization of that group.
0: Right. So in a political climate like we have with this two-party systems, what do you suppose a marginalized group, proposed marginalized group, should do if they found neither party adept at meeting their needs of the group? How do they address that? Did you want to start, Leonard?
2: Basically, you get together, you organize, and you you make a third party because there are some third parties made. Right. But I think what they're trying to do because we got libertarians, we got the Green Party, and there's some others. Uh, you can't go run national. You got to get in some states, and you got to start small. Get some offices on the city council get some towns that your candidate is a mayor you know and you got to build up because in the end all politics is local it don't yeah. necessarily go from the top down from the top down it comes from the bottom up
1: so okay so my my answer to that is um for me that's an extremely complicated question. Um, The problem that I see is if you feel like the people in power don't see you. So to me, how your question comes out is if, how do I get effective representation when there's two parties and neither one of them sees me? Right. Um, And so that becomes a a difficult question because if you create a third party Uh and that and as a third party, you only fight for your issues, say. So let's say uh, and I'm going to I'm going to put this in the in the frame of a black. uh, The the black people, there has been this push for a black political party. And the idea is that this political party is there because Republicans nor Democrats are addressing black issues. Mm -hmm. The problem I have with that is one that I've been making since we started the conversation. If you start a party designed to help black people, you are doing exactly what we've been doing before. Parties Mm -hmm helping specific interest groups. So I say, if you're if you going to start a third party, enlist as many marginalized people as you can and go after marginalization as the enemy and not focus on what is, makes us different, but what makes us better. Mm -hmm. So rather than have a party, you're going to start a third party, get you want that party to be as big, as fast as possible.
0: But isn't marginalization a mighty big area to cover? That means I mean, everybody can stand. Anybody can stand up and say, I'm marginalized. Look, I I got bad water or, you know, my schools suck or, you know, that's kind of general, isn't it?
1: I guess it can be, and my thought is, um, um, you will, as a party, take up the more pressing issues uh-huh. and and that will become your issue. you won't you won't be fighting for if you're if you're if you want to become a national party, you're not going to be fighting for just water in Flint, Michigan, right? That may be one of your issues but because you're pulling together different marginalized groups, they're gonna have different interests as primary. And so what you wanna do is try to find a common national interest that you can all coalesce around and then still address those smaller issues.
0: Yeah, you know, I I agree with you on that. And you know I think one of the biggest problems is for people with that is that we have people have such fear of one party over the other winning that they don't have the balls or the, the chutzpah to go <laughs> a different route in fear of well see you voted for this now we got that you know you get that stigma if you don't go with one of the mainstream choices. And I think that that's what a lot of people get caught up in. I think you right. made the point. I, I agree I, with what you said. Cause
1: you, when, when, uh, when Bernie made his first run, you and I were, uh, you were over in, um, Marlboro. And we okay. had that conversation a lot about, um, you know, people wanting to classify themselves as Democrats and Bernie was a progressive, and so they didn't want Bernie to um, win the general in the, right. in the Democrat party because they didn't feel he could beat you know, uh, a, the Republican candidate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Right, right, right.
1: And so the reason we don't have a strong third party um, is because, not because of people's fear the two major parties have created things in such a way. I remember I went down to get a ballot and there was some uh, Republican on the, on the, the ballot that I, I thought I might be interested in. And there were Democrats that I thought I might be interested in. Mm-hmm. I walked in the door. They said, are you Republican or Democrat? I said, I'm independent. I said, we don't have a ballot for independent. So you can't vote and split your vote in primaries and stuff like that. Which I think is ridiculous. It's done for a system. It it props up particular candidates. Exactly.
2: And I know that's the way Missouri was. If you don't want to vote straight Republican or straight Democrat, all you get is an issues ballot. You don't get a candidate. You don't
1: get a candidate ballot.
2: And that's what I liked about Illinois. After moving to Illinois and, and voting, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot different. Like in Illinois, you can have same-day registration if you're not already registered to vote. Uh, if you go to get your license, you can register there. But as we know, there's a national party that don't want that because they're mm-hmm. trying to wreck because the it maintains
1: the two-party system. system.
2: Right. They're trying to they're trying to wreck the political system so they can stay in power. And I believe there should be open ended registration, same day registration everywhere. And if I go to the polls in a state like Missouri, it should be every candidate and every issue on one ballot. So if a governor, I want to elect a Democrat, but lieutenant governor, I want to elect the Republican, I can do that. And not 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 be forced into one party or the other.
1: So we're gonna we're we're at three ten, and I'd okay. like to go another five or seven minutes. Is that okay with you guys?
2: That's
3: fine.
1: Cause that's I, okay. Cause you might have things that you want to do, and I got start running my mouth, and uh, <laughs> I don't ever want to stop. So well, I thought <laughs> you were through. <true. laughs> oh no, baby! I just got started. The conversation just the got world. good. I thought you were wrong. <laughs> well, so, so, yeah, okay. So I'm sorry, Leonard was talking. I just wanted to get that in there. Were you done talking, Leonard?
2: Yes, I was.
1: All right, very good. Did you have another question, Warren? No, no, no. I'm ready for you now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let you get your spiel.
1: Well, I just, you know, so, so I've been uh, talking in this uh, for this episode about. Um, building better coalitions, building the previous system was set up to maintain a two-party system. We have, like Leonard was talking, we have a different way to vote in Missouri than he has in Illinois, and and these are two states that butt up against each other. Mm Mm-hmm. So that means that for national elections, for national elections, that's going to have a greater impact because of the disparate ways that you can vote uh, and how you have to see your vote. Because one of the things that you talked about was um, people being afraid to vote for a third party candidate because the other two parties have a lock on things. So if if they couldn't force you into a vote for one party or the other in any state, then people would feel freer to vote for who they think write-in candidates would start to get, uh, um, you, you know, gain some ground. Mm-hmm. But the, the system is designed to prop up two-party system. And I already, exactly. I think we've already talked about, I might've mentioned what I thought the problem was a two-party system. So
0: i You like- know who I, I heard yesterday shout out against the two-party system? I and mean, it kind of caught me by surprise, but I'm beginning to see his mind a little bit more than now. You know who that was? Cuomo. Oh, Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo. Okay. Chris Cuomo. Uh-huh. Not not the Democrat. Well, he's yeah, not Wait, Andrew, brother, yeah. Andrew.
1: Andrew Cuomo, Cuomo is maybe politically toxic at this point. So if you were mentioning
0: exactly. him, I w- nobody wants to hear what he got to say. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, but Chris Cuomo, I, I think he still has some credibility, although he may have hurt himself. With that, helping his brother out, his his brother
0: got his talk talk show. So until, unless he gets canceled or fired, he's going to say he's going to speak his mind, and I respect him for that. Right. And so if he
1: if he's against the two party system, maybe maybe there's steam picking up for um for eliminating the two party system, and for relaxing the rules and regulations to get people on ballots, to get people on ballots in more states. I would like to see more um, uniform election um, um, rules and regulations across the country. So that if you move from Illinois to, to Missouri, whatever um, rules and regulations was in place in Illinois or in place in Missouri, so, so all you have to do is move your registration. You don't have to be concerned with... How do they vote in Missouri? How often do they vote? How you know, when is their early election, you know, when is their early voting process and all that kind of stuff? If it's the same nationwide, then you know what kind of time you got. Long way from that.
2: <laughs> well, you got this, you got this stuff where each of these states talking about states' rights. And Mitch McConnell, among others, are talking about all the federal government trying to get a power grab. States are supposed to run elections. And what they forget is the Constitution allows for states to make their own rules where there is no federal regulation for it. But when it comes to elections, the federal government gets to make the rules for federal elections, elections for federal office holders, president, vice president, Congress. They get to make that election. And then once the federal government make a law, the state government is subservient to that law. And the all these states' rights people run around talking this smack, they forget that here each state is part of a national government, not the national government depending on the state.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, yesterday I didn't get to bring this up. I i was gonna interject it into the conversation, but I Googled this and <laughs> the answer is exactly what we're saying now, which is reflected in the mindset of a lot of people in the country right now. Mm-hmm. I the the Google question was what was the biggest concern at the time the constitution was written? Mm-hmm. And the answer was the government would have too much power, the federal government. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest concern with the people back then. And now Mm -hmm. we're struggling with that because people are fighting against the federal government like crazy now. Let me ask a
1: question. Let me ask a question of you guys. So, yeah. What is a government with too much power?
0: Tell them you, to some people, just tell them what to do, like get a vaccine. Okay. Well,
2: Go okay. well, what I was saying is to do all the things that most majority of the people want the United States government to provide and do, you need a strong federal government. Because Texas, at a time, tried to run off and be its own country and it during it, it went bankrupt. So the U.S. government had to come bail it out. And they had to tell them, "Well, from now on, you do what the heck we tell you to do."
1: Right, and so and so. So the question I'm asking is, what is a too strong government?
2: I don't know of one.
1: I right, and so and so. All of this stuff about we don't want an overbearing government is is a is a specious argument. It's a specious discussion. It's just a way to say, I don't want to be governed.
0: Exactly. You are right. Well, what people people do not want to be told what to do. Well, what people don't realize is what the heck they want to do.
2: If you need the police and you call the police, that's government. Right. You are suffering a medical emergency. You call 911. That's government. You got to go register property when you buy it. That's government. Right. So So that's what I'm saying.
1: I don't understand this argument about too strong of a government or too much government because government is only going to do what you want it to do, especially our government, because our government is a representative government. We vote for the people who are in office. We vote for the rules and regulations. That's a specious argument. That means absolutely nothing.
2: Well, like Warren said, everybody agrees with what the rules should be. If you don't agree, (laughs) did you get you somebody, you elect somebody that agree more more with you and say you're going to push to rewrite these rules. And if you don't, you'll get one term, and we'll get the next guy in. But the regular people tend to be too lazy. We don't want to stay involved. And that means, you know, stay involved each election cycle. So the way these politicians get away with it, there's 15, 20 percent of people showing up for polls. If we had 80 and 90 percent of the people showing up for polls, you will have a different thing. So if we let Joe Manchin, for example, know if you and your daughter keep taking all that dirty money from these uh mega pharmaceutical giants and the coal company we're going to get rid of you you keep voting against having decent wage we're going to get rid of you you know for example
1: all right you won't, i think don't mean to cut you off but we've gone way over okay uh <laughs> so we will be back next friday we started uh season five the first of november so we are now in our fifth season uh congratulations to us. Um, all right, May we may we long may, may the king long live. Long live the king. <laughs> long live uh, the king. <laughs> all righty, say goodbye, guys.
2: Goodbye,
3: guys.
1: <laughs> that concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website the com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always... Look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.